right, here we go. <laughs> Episode 417, guys. I am so ready. I'm excited. Fonsi has talked about this guy for like two weeks. As soon as we saw the his name in the calendar, I'm like, let's go. I have so many yeah. questions in many ways, but you know. I think we'll we see. can learn a lot from today's guest, actually. Yep. Yeah. All right. We're good? I am. I'm always good. All right, here we go. We've got some hey, I'm Luis. And this is Luis. Welcome to the Content is Profit podcast. In here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All this while having a good time. That is right. And the goal is simple, is to entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Let's go. Bam, 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 bam. I almost messed up that last time. The last line. <laughs> Episode 400. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Mistakes get coming in out. You never know. Eh, it's all good. What are we talking about today, Fonz? As today, we're going to be talking about finding more time in your work days with executive assistants. And honestly, we're just going to dive I'll in. I'll name them superheroes, man. We're going to dive into that world. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's uh, I've experienced the good, the bad, the and ugly. the amazing. It, uh, oh, and the amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and the ugly. Yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyways, guys, if you're enjoying this show, please go ahead and follow in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at BizRoseCo. Those clips are coming out. That and is it, right. They're looking so good. Yeah, Gucci, they're Gucci. Pretty good. Pretty good. And if today's guest help you move one step closer towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and and leave a five-star review. Mm-mm-mm. So today <laughs> we're bringing you a special guest all the way from New York that's going to help us do the impossible. Find more time in your day to do better work. Ooh, he co-founded Processing after spending years as an executive assistant for pretty big entrepreneurs. He's also a published author, leads a team of 80 assistants, and is a family man. I think I'm going to go for those secrets on how to manage that many people, you know? <laughs> uh, guys, please welcome the one and only Ethan <laughs> What's up, Ethan? Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. Dude, we're so excited. I met you a few weeks ago. Uh, we connected thanks to SA. You know, he's a Hall of Famer at this point. He's oh, introduced yeah. us to I know. so many cool entrepreneurs. He, he needs like the trophy of like a uh, podcast referral champ yeah. for and, 2022 uh, and 2023. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, Ethan, like it was such a great first impression, honestly. And you sharing your story with me, what you've done in the past and what you're doing right now is mind blowing. So, you know, quick here, like, 30 second breakdown of who's Ethan Bull. Go, go. You know, uh, 30 seconds. I, I usually no like to talk longer than that. Um, uh, I'm a career executive assistant. You know, I, I, I got started in the entertainment industry, which is a common path, um, mm. you know, and then shifted over into advertising in New York City. I, I was there about 20 years. Um, my wife is also a co-founder of Pro Assisting along with me, and and she's a career executive assistant in high finance and fashion. And, um, you know, we moved outside of the city when our second son was born, noticed that there was an opportunity uh, in the space yeah. and, and for what we do. And we decided to, you know, position Pro Assisting in that gap, if you will. Yeah. And we've been doing it. We're in our sixth year, so it's it's wow. uh, it's crazy that we're this far along. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you know, when you talk about executive assistants, the first thing that comes to my mind is like these movies. Is like big entrepreneurs walking and saying things, and like somebody ran next to them, like <laughs> quickly taking notes. You know, like 
that's I feel like the first image that comes to mind when somebody says executive assistance. I have a completely and, different image. I mean, I, I mean, okay. Can I can I share mine? Yeah, show yours. Let's see the contrast. I'm curious. <laughs> mine is like this superpower person that has like like seven different skills, all like to the nine, and then you say something and they make it happen. <laughs> yeah, but exactly, exactly. Like again, the executive assistant, like in the movies that I'm saying, like they make it happen, right? But obviously, and I know that is like the movie portrait of things. I'm just doing this as context to frame the question, but. What is it now, especially now in the world where, you know, remote work is massive, right? And people can be hiring overseas. They can hire from, from whatever, right? Like what is the right image of an executive assistant? Like what is it exactly that they can do? And, you know, how can they also give you more time in your day, like you're mentioning? Well, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head in that technology has really given us a lot of different options for support at a lot of different price points and um, given entrepreneurs business owners the ability to really tailor the support that they need yeah. um, with all the different options absolutely uh, you're you guys aren't far off i mean in our book we mentioned pepper potts from iron man and how she chirps in his ear and and has the ability to foresee around corners that he may not and um so so it's it's not so far off in terms of how we view yeah. what we do yeah. um we actually did see the gap as i mentioned earlier between where kind of a virtual assistant service kind of drops off and then where a full-time uh, a W-2 employee as an executive assistant would pick up. Mm. And that's kind of how we position pro assisting in that gap. Awesome. Mm. Um, you know, I can go into detail about how that looks, but really, you know, Luis, it is a jack of all trades. You know, we are that Swiss army knife and, and we can be your business partner, your chief of staff, your project manager, your assistant slash scheduler and your personal assistant, anything that um, gives time back to our principal, mm. uh, where we can take things off their plate, keep things from getting onto their plate, yeah. and really be that single point of contact for everyone in their worlds, both personal, professional, community, to be the conduit and really um, manage that flow of communication so nothing falls through the cracks and the the principal feels as if they have that you know that secret weapon yeah. in their back pocket that they can deploy however they want um that gives them time back yeah absolutely so obviously a little bit of context on our on our side we have a, a content production you know on the on the back end of what we do and we help customers with their fractional content teams and i remember very vividly initially when we did, we needed to to go do our first hire, right? Uh, that first person, and it was not an easy thing for us, right? You let go of different processes, like you, you, you empower that person to to go and do things, and you know we've we've grown since then. Has been really good, thankfully. Our first experience was not the best. We we shared in a different podcast. We can go into into something like that, but we started noticing, right, that obviously depending on like the area of the business that you might want to th th that support, like especially especially on content, a lot of the conversations have been going to like, hey. You just build 
uh, SOP, right, a process, and then you delegate to that, that to a virtual assistant, right? And and then the conversation starts happening to like, well, when when does that transition from a virtual assistant to an executive assistant need to happen? Mm-hmm. Is that the same thing? So a lot of the people that were coming into this, right, uh, are, are having probably these questions, right? What's the difference between a regular virtual assistant versus an executive assistant? I personally have experienced it. We do not have an executive assistant at the moment, but with some of the companies and some of the some of the visionaries that we work with uh, on the back end, we interact a lot with those executive assistants and it's incredible to see them work, right? Like it's that you have that visionary, have those ideas, they collect this information, they make sense of it, right? They support, they help in many, many aspects, right? So it, it takes a, probably a certain person uh, to actually go execute uh, at a very high level at this point. So, uh, but according to you, like I, I would love for you to define like that difference between the virtual assistant and executive assistant, because in my eyes, I see it, but m- m- there might be somebody that is the first steps, right? And they might need that help that they don't know they can actually get, right? And they might be searching in the wrong spot. Yeah. Um, wow, you brought up a lot there. So, um, <laughs> well, you did say that you wanted a challenge and throw you for a spin. So, I, 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 maybe that's a quarter of a spin. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I am ready. I am fully ready here. Uh, well, what we what we find is that with uh, virtual assistant companies, uh, whether it's overseas or in the United States, um, they tend to partner their clients with, or they tend to partner their assistants, their virtual assistants with a larger number of clients, talking mm-hmm. 8, 10, 12 clients a month. And a lot of the things that they do for their clients is more task-based yeah. and um, checking off that task list. Whereas we limit the number of clients that our assistants have to a maximum of three. So that worked really well for us when we were leading teams of assistants in our former roles in uh, in companies, that three to one executive to assistant ratio. And what that allows for is a feeling of full service support because they are focused and in and out of your business many times a day, Monday through Friday, nine to five. Um, and after hours in atypical situations or if the principal's traveling. So that provides the principal slash client the feeling that, hey, I can pick up the phone at a random 2.38 on a Wednesday and call my assistant. And in our situation, eight times, nine times out of 10, the assistant's just going to pick up the phone. Yeah. Or if not, they're going to call you back in 10 minutes. Um, there is a slight juggling or feathering of the work between the three clients, but it uh, it works really, really well. Yeah. And it costs a lot less than hiring a full-time assistant and the burdens that go along with that from benefits and um you know employee packages etc so um we really found a happy medium between the two and it's not to say like some of our assistants interact with virtual assistants on their clients teams so it's just another tool in the toolbox, um, you know, but our price point is higher than a virtual assistant would normally be because you've got to reserve that space in their schedule. And and Absolutely. the real benefit, the real benefit, and this is the nub, is that an executive assistant gets to know you and your family and your company more and more and more over time. Yeah. And that legacy knowledge there's a huge value in that. 
and you know you'll become you'll have a shorthand with your assistant um they'll be able to handle things without you even knowing about it uh based on prior experience so that's kind of how we look at it and we really have aligned it with what we were doing as top level full-time executive assistants. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I see them as a part of like a secondary brain or like another model of you. Like the more they stay with you, the more they, they learn about you. They just keep growing with you, learning all maybe your little, you know, uh, kinks in here and there that you want to do or how you schedule things, how you deal with certain scenarios and they just, Go at it. And probably the longer they stay with you, you know, the better they understand all these scenarios and uh, the more beneficial they are for you on the company. Yeah. And all of our assistants really could command six figure salaries working for companies as executive assistants in major metropolitan areas. But they've chosen to go a different route and work for clients instead of bosses, create their own little business under our umbrella. And frankly, The retainers that we charge, we pass 80% of that on to our assistants, which yeah. frankly is unheard of in the remote support space. Yeah. And that really aligns them with their clients in terms of providing value month in and month out yeah. because it is a month-to-month -month agreement arrangement. So if we aren't providing value, the client will leave. Yeah. And the onus is on the executive assistant not pro-assisting, to make sure that that value is felt. Absolutely. I mean, just recently we've experienced with one of the companies that we work with, they went from a team of like three different virtual assistants, right, uh, in different processes. And this is developing new products, developing new things that they were launching, right, to continue to scale the company. And uh, then the decision was made that instead of those three virtual assistants, we needed to bring an executive assistant into the team. And that person came in as the integrator, And it has been night and day. Like, so I, I personally have seen like what that could happen. And, you know, some of these processes were baby processes, right? That maybe needed reiteration. Uh, we, we needed to do it again. We needed to continue to uh, filter different things. We needed to continue to improve on them, right? And maybe that virtual system might not be the right person for that specific task or tasks, right? And, uh, and this person come and touches like pretty, pretty much every single person in the company. They kind of bring it all together into one simple thing. And, uh, and it has been night and day in the last month that we worked with them. And it has been incredible. And this was, you know, if I would have known you before this, I would have like, talk to Ethan right now. This was a completely, uh, the process that they had to go through was very grueling. It was about six months to find that specific person right? Because they were going through different channels. So I am assuming that now everybody listening to this podcast, you know, versus searching for six months, they can just talk to you and we're going to leave all the info right below. Uh, and, uh, to learn more about, you know, what you guys do and what you guys offer. So I'm, I'm very excited for that, that we can provide that to the community. I think it's the first time that we actually talk about this in it. Have you seen, um, with your line of work, right? You guys, you mentioned that you had experience, um, working with this type of people. Have you worked, have you seen any specific content executive assistants and if so what why or how <laughs> what do you mean when you say content executive assistants yeah so uh, uh you know on our on our side right there's different processes that we manage like you know the research of the thing the the creation of the asset the production the distribution the talking to people bringing them into your platforms like the scheduling all these different things that are part of like a like a six step framework or blueprint right 
which some kind of overlays, but at the same time, that person could potentially produce also the asset, like the final podcast, like the final video, right? It's not just a video editor, right? So I'm, what I'm picturing in my head is like specific um, roles, like a video editor, for example, could be the the same as a virtual assistant for a specific task following an SOP, right? Obviously there's more creative on that side. But if you're looking at the whole process from research to who do we bring to the podcast, let's take this podcast, for example, right, to uh, pulling out the topics or uh, questions that we might need to ask the right person, the information, the, then it goes into production and maybe they handle some kind of production and then that content goes out and what's the customer experience, what's the guest experience, right? That might be, uh, in my head, I'm like, this is, by the way, off the cuff <laughs> in my head as you're talking i'm like wow this could be incredible like that could be a niche on itself where it's like a content executive assistant that handles all those processes right yeah you know i mean kind of some of what you're talking about kind of springs to mind an online business manager um an obm yeah. and the overlap between what a great executive assistant does and an obm is pretty significant and we tend to look at it from the perspective of our assistants are technically savvy they're really smart they can get smart quickly on things and if you are willing to spend the proper amount of time onboarding and providing the direction they can run with it it doesn't happen overnight we have to set clear lines of absolutely communication as well as expectations and deadlines and if you're if you're communicating along those lines then then really anything is possible um you know so straddling the world between content creation and executive assistant work we do have some assistants who do that but it's a matter of also identifying their strengths in, in that process. So you're getting into a bit of a gray area Damn. where, um, you know, the opportunities are endless, but I also don't want to sit here and promise the sun, the moon, and the stars and only be Absolutely. able to give you the moon, you know? Yeah. I, I was just curious to see if you've seen something like that, right? Because uh, on our on our side, we've had... I mean, we have four different people in that process that is not to replace them whatsoever. They're amazing. They've been with us for like three years now. But it's right. like when, when we're teaching this framework, you know, we I think I think that could be an, an interesting opportunity, right? If somebody's technology savvy content side and I was just speedballing. Yeah. I mean, uh, the way I see it is somebody like these EAs may sound like a problem solvers, right? And like you said, they get smart quickly. And as long as you're investing the time on teaching them the processes, the onboarding, because that's what I hear a lot of people just go hire somebody and then they expect them to do a certain amount of work without ever truly onboarding them and showing them like the ropes on how to do things and communicating expectations that you, that you mentioned. So I'm sure that an EA can fit into some of these roles, maybe not the super technical part of editing and do all that stuff, right? But for example, I can definitely see somebody like helping, prepping and debriefing for conversations like this one, right? 
Uh, that is a task that I take on and I go obviously do my research, have some conversations. We obviously love the part of converse, having a conversation, but then I can see an EA coming in and then taking that, you know, to the next level where they're doing research, they're prepping us. Hey, this is what this person has done. X, Y, and C. Here's a timeline or on their <laughs> journey. These are some cool questions. By the way, I also listened to like 20 episodes where this person <laughs> has been. So I saved you 20 hours. And these are questions that I didn't hear in any of those pockets. Like, I'm like, wow, that is great. Like, that would be pretty, pretty cool, right? Um, so definitely like a superpower itself, you know, you're like acquiring somebody with all this. Uh, I think so much flexibility that is pretty- I'll say pre par partnering. Yeah, partnering with somebody, right? Good, good, good catch, good catch, <laughs> right? Uh, and I'm, I'm seeing here your website and, you know, you mentioned your wife is your co-founder and I'm seeing that she actually was an executive um, assistant for J. Cruz CEO and two multi-billion dollar hedge funds. And that just blows my mind, like the amount of skills that she probably learned throughout her journey. And as well, you as well have been again, at EA for multiple big, big entrepreneurs. And I'm so curious on, on your personal experience, what are some of those, maybe some of the most challenging tasks that you have had to learn throughout this career? Because I'm sure you learn a lot because now you manage 80 people and that's not easy feat. Well, I, I managed 80 assistants in my previous W2 role as director of admin services. Currently for pro assisting, we've got about, we're approaching 30 assistants. Wow. So um, it's still a lot of yeah. people. Yeah. There's no getting around <laughs> it. But if you guys have seen the show Billions on Showtime um, and Axelrod and his assistant, um, you know, that kind of rings not not the illegal stuff but there's a <laughs> lot of stuff that rings true um yeah. in terms of how someone at that level like performs breaks. and how they leverage their support yeah um you know when when stephanie was at j crew for a stint you know uh, mickey drexler had eight assistants and she was the chief of staff and um she wow. realized she she loves fashion but she doesn't love working in fashion mm. um in terms of the two different hedge fund ceos that she worked for one of the projects that she ran was um the design construction decorating of a 50 million dollar estate on the coast of connecticut wow and her principal the boss the ceo brought her into the room in the kickoff meeting so you have the architects you've got the project managers you've got the general contractor you've got a representative from the town uh, all there and he said to him look this is stephanie she's running this if she says something it's coming from me huh. if you need something you go to her and she will find the optimal time in my day to get you an answer and this is how it's going to work she's going to quarterback and so she worked all the way with the architect all the way to ensuring the art on the walls when the project was finished and um, he actually recently just sold that piece of property and uh, the Wall Street Journal covered it and the the pictures of that are just phenomenal wow. and it, it's always a trip down memory lane when we see those pics yeah um but that was just a side project 
<laughs> and so yeah. whether you're dealing with personal or business or family or philanthropic work or work in the community, um, that we really view the EA position as Absolutely. as kind of the conduit. Wow. What, a, what type of person do you need to be to be a very effective EA, right? Like I, I'm assuming uh, by the level that you guys, you know, the, the level of people that you guys have worked with and partnered with, uh, it's pretty high and then also can be pretty intense, right? So that probably is a very specific type of person that could actually tackle that. I mean, that, that alone, you said that's a side project, but as you were talking about it, I'm like, that's an immense pressure, <laughs> right? Like just handling those conversations and making sure that, you know, that's the right decision and different things. So I'm curious about that process. How do you guys got there? And what, if somebody's interested in something like that, what should they be looking for? You know, we really look for, I, I think, type A personality. I mean, being on time, having a strong work ethic, keeping your own score, uh, you know, having that sense is 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 really important, um, and you know, repetition, reps, just working for someone, working for someone for a few years. Um, you know, when we're looking to partner with an executive assistant, I need to see the hard experience up front on the resume, on the mm -hmm. LinkedIn profile, and that will give me an idea in terms of how long were they in these roles? Who were they supporting? Yeah. What size is the company? What industry are they in? All of that provides color to me in terms of the person I'm dealing with. Because you're not gonna last in a EA seat for four plus years unless you're actually really moving the needle yeah. and a valued member of the team. Yeah. Um, if there are you know large gaps or short stints at in roles. I want to know about that. Now, that's really important, uh, but I think the interpersonal skills, the emotional intelligence, uh, you know, the poise, the confidence, all of that is even a little bit more important. Yeah. Uh, because a great EA is not afraid to get smart on something really quickly and do their own research and better themselves and be able to um, comport themselves to what the principal needs. Uh, we really think a great EA is industry agnostic and principal agnostic, and that allows them to really have a trade that they can take anywhere and do anywhere now thanks to where the internet has come yeah and you know the the start of that you go all the way back to the introduction of the blackberry in 1999 mm. 2000 2001 and you know i can get into that too but yeah. but the internet has come a long way the difference between working on a mac and a pc is kind of non-existent um you know programs are cross-platform yeah. uh you know broadband internet is everywhere yeah you know so we're at a really really interesting time and now we've got ai coming down the pipe too yeah absolutely. so all of that yeah sorry uh, uh, sorry fancy luisa hugged the mic on this one <laughs> you got it <laughs> normally it's fancy that like just takes the mic and disconnects mine so he gets all the talking but it's fine 
Um, I'm curious, like, okay, now we, we know who the EA, right? The type of person, right? Like, and, and obviously everybody that's interested, you know, the links are right below to connect with, with Ethan. But uh, I'm curious now, how do you know if you start needing that EA, right? Like at what point is there, is there, I'm, I'm assuming, right? Is probably any level of company at some point, but you also have to be at a certain stage personally, I believe, uh, to be able to recognize at least some of the things that, that you need support with, right? So based on your experience and, and what have you done in the industry with your team? What's that starting point? Like when does somebody say like, okay, I'm ready for an EA. Where can I go? How can I start the process? Like, do I time study? Like, what are the things that I do? Like, what are those, what are those initial uh, steps? A um, couple of things. One, uh, as we said earlier, there's a lot of options. Yeah. Okay. And that opens up a lot of different price points and that makes this available or some sort of assistant support available to a lot of different people. So I can leave that there and then also say, speak to what we do in terms of remote executive assistance. Our service kind of is an opportunity to get that feeling of a full service, full service support from a great executive assistant. But our minimum commitment is $3,000 a month for a retainer. And so if you say $36,000 for a year, to have access to an assistant who's in and out of my business many times a day, Monday through Friday, nine to five, and they could command $120,000 or $150,000 salary, that's a pretty good value proposition. Absolutely. And I like to talk to startups and founders, but if I'm talking to a solopreneur and they're making two hundred fifty dollars or $300,000 a year as a solopreneur, which is fantastic, we're still probably potentially a little bit out of their reach because $36,000 on $300,000 a year, that's more than 10%. And you really need to be leveraging that support to, to justify the return on investment. If it's a solopreneur or a small company and they're doing north of $600,000, then we can be really effective and, and really kind of integrate fully with the team and move the needle and really allow that client to gain time back in their day to where they can focus on strategy, marketing, sales, vision, yeah. um, and, and, and not have to do things that they keep pushing off, like invoicing or <laughs> managing um, the inbox or scheduling and you know, they get it, they, they can create much more flow. Um, the Harvard Business Review says an executive assistant should be one of your first hires. Yeah. And um, I, I, I firmly believe that as a as an entrepreneur, you want to know how to do everything, but then you want to be able to hand that stuff off. Oh, I, so, yeah. I, I love how your message resonates so much in the production side. We say it's the same thing like we because on the process, the content process, right? We've kind of dabble in most of them. Fonts is really good at the editing side, right? And I, I guess on my side, I focus more on the system side. So we're like, we took it to, you know, a four and a five, and then the people that came in took it to that 10, right? And uh, and I remember that was such a huge lift on the production side. And now we, we live it, right? On our day-to-day, 
And we're like, that's, I was selfishly asking for us, but like, where, like, at what size, like, where do we, should we be? Right. And, and I think you're speaking to Fonzie's ears. <laughs> so on the invoicing and the technical things, it's like, you do it. Uh, but, you know, I think everybody, that will be the goal, right? Of everybody. It's like, hey, how can I really hone in in the thing that I love doing for my company? Right. So this doesn't become a chore. And then, uh, find that person that really is really good at what they do and enjoy that as well uh, to complement the team. Yeah, Pe people don't uh, understand that my brother is my EA. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like you do there this. You go. So you uh, got it. Yeah, <laughs> feel, feel that. Uh, I feel it. <laughs> Ethan, I'm, I'm curious about about your book. You know, the the 29 hour work, the high performers guide to leveraging your EA. Um, obviously. You got the plenty of experience. I'm curious the the why behind behind this book, right? I'm I'm guessing obviously share the values, share some of your experience. But is the book also as well kind of like a strategic move to position pro assisting, right? The company and potentially get people that are interested in, you know, contacting you and getting in touch with you guys. I'm so curious because, and, and context on this question, right? We believe every company now has to be a media company as well. They need to be consistently producing content regardless. And within that, there is kind of like this pyramid of influence when it comes to content. Like you, you have short form content, which sure, it can attract somebody's attention, but does it really build that trust that you need to acquire a customer? And then, you know, you have more difficult pieces of content that require more time more investment like podcasting right which is we actually just did an episode on this right uh, they did a study that podcasters actually influence more purchases right are more influential at the time of purchasing and and you know uh following brands etc than short form content but then we see at the very top writing a book like writing a book says status all over the way like you are the top of the top in the industry so that is a context on, on why i'm asking this question right i'm curious obviously you got the experience and everything but why didn't you decide to run a podcast why why a book and how, how has it worked for you so far well we're we're really proud of the book it um it it encapsulates our almost 40 plus years of combined experience wow. in the CEO office. Yeah. Um, so on the one hand, it's, it's to help our potential prospects understand that we know what we're talking about. Yeah. But more importantly, we wrote it as an instruction manual mm. for someone who either has an assistant and wants to make sure they're getting the most out of the partnership Yeah. or someone who's never used an assistant and can really look at our book and brainstorm ways that it that they could leverage such support in their own life because before you have an assistant it's hard to conceptualize exactly how this person will add benefit add time and be a true partner But if you can read our stories and how that relates to our five performance multipliers, which we say can add five more hours in your day, which is the yeah. 29 hour workday, yeah. um, 
it really can help justify taking the leap and and putting in the necessary time up front so your executive assistant is onboarded properly and you can think of it in terms of if I train my assistant appropriately, they're going to take this thing off of my plate and I'm never going to have to do it again. You could always go back and do it again if you needed to, yeah. but that's the goal. And so um, we that's, that's the reason that we wrote the book. I think, um, you know, we're a boutique firm. I think mm. that, uh, as, as you said, books can um, kind of show a level of authority. Yeah. It's like kind of showing your work yeah. when you take a test. You know, and we were allowed to do that with this book. And, um, you know, we had some great partners who helped us bring it to fruition. I've written, I think, 12 screenplays. I also have a published graphic novel. So I know how hard that process is. And, And we didn't enter this lightly. And we tried, I think we succeeded to pack the book with as much valuable actionable content as possible yeah i like i like how you said you know it's like you're just giving it away all for free all your 40 years you you put in the work so somebody doesn't have to you know gain those 40 years of experience uh through yeah. all that time right it's condensed in in this one book that people can and and they can take action themselves is they if they want to right and i think the lesson behind what you said is at the end of the day like you're giving them a manual, right? And this is what I believe everybody's content should be as well, regardless of the medium of how you produce or whatever. It should be a manual empowering other people to teach them how to do what you do. Because at the end of the day, sure, there's gonna be a percentage of people that are gonna grab that and do it themselves. But a lot of people as well are gonna be like, well, I wanna shorten you know, the learning curve, or I don't want to have to do it myself. I'm just going to go to the expert. And if you were that person providing the information and the resources, guess who they're going to come to when, you know, they have that challenge. They're probably going to come in for you. So I think it was a great lesson. uh, What you just shared about writing this book and and the why behind it is, is very powerful. I, you know, and I, I'll just, I wasn't, we weren't, we didn't talk about this, but we do, have a password protected page on our site where uh, I we could put that in the show notes and if you go to that page and enter the password you can get a downloadable PDF copy of the book or you can listen to an audio version of the book your choice yeah. and we'll we're, we're willing to give that to your audience if if you want to include that in the show notes Absolutely. Yeah, we would love to. Yeah, thank you. Um, awesome. I, I really love how you were like, you know what, we're sharing, you know, because we understand our client like, and I'm going to go a little bit more tactical, right, on the on the marketing side, right? You understand who your yeah. client is. You mentioned it earlier, right? You understand who do you need to be talking to for the service, but you also understand that there might be people that might not fit that criteria, but we also want to help them, right? So the book is an incredible resource for them to do that, right? So uh, there's a lot of people out there when, when we should like, hey, uh, because we talk about this on on publishing platforms and podcasts all the time, right? And people are like, I don't want to give my secret sauce. I don't want to give this thing, right? And that's driven by, by a lot of fear. And on our side, we're like, 
but why not? You're gonna build this amazing trust. You know, the last episode that we recorded solo, we talked about the trust, the influence, why people like really, really, really trust when they actually consume the long form content, right? If it's obviously valuable and provided those wins, right? So, you know, you're on the other spectrum. You're like, hey, we'll put everything on this book. You go ahead and implement if you want, right? We're here if you need help. We're going to build that trust. We're going to build that relationship with you. You now are showing on on, a, on podcast. So I, I really love that uh, that you guys took that route because there's going to be a lot of companies that this is going to be bene- very, very beneficial. We and, and to that point, right, we we saw a recent launch of a book that we assisted on, on this podcasting side. And we saw people, this is a book that the second edition was just published. It was published about 20 years ago. And we saw people that consumed and used their book 20 years ago. And today their companies are multi-million dollar companies and they come back at events. And we saw it real there. We like hugging, crying and, and holding the first edition of the book. Like if it wasn't for this book, I don't know where I would be, right? And that's the power of it, right? Like you can, is 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 generational. You can build amazing platforms based on that and help so many people. So thank you for bringing this in. And I will encourage every single person to, you know, go ahead and click those links. If you, if you can't make the investment, make the investment, right? And uh, and go ahead and, and explore a little bit more of Ethan's world. Yeah, you know, um, what's interesting is um, I, I, I have a lot of, consultation calls with prospects and um i'm a career executive assistant i'm not a salesman and i i want to be a resource to get that prospect the support they need for their business and a lot of times it's pro assisting is not the right fit for where you are or what you need but you can go over here or over there and you know we are a month-to-month service so if we're not if our partner executive assistants are not providing value the client's gonna leave yeah and then all of the front-end work in that first month six weeks of onboarding is lost to both the client and the assistant yeah and 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 so we really want to create a a balanced relationship where we know we're walking in with clear expectations on both sides that the assistant knows their responsibilities the client understands theirs and that it can be a long-term relationship and thankfully we have clients who've been with us since inception Mm. over five years ago amazing Mm. which is fantastic and that that allows our assistants to create their own little business um under our umbrella and and kind of kind of a business with training wheels because you know we're handling the sales the marketing the invoicing the legal agreements uh the business insurance the you know holding clients accountable so they're not taking advantage of assistance and holding assistance accountable so they're providing value so um it's a really fun time and content is something that I am always pushing our partner executive assistants to do in their own way because if you can create not necessarily a personal brand like the Ethan Bull brand (laughs) but if you can create EB EA services or something along that line and 
you gain a following and you're consistent and you show up every day, it's kind of like a parachute Yeah. to where if something happens, you can always throw your line in the water and say, oh, I'm looking for a new client and, you know, get a chance to work with me directly. And um, that is what the Internet has allowed in terms of breaking down geographical boundaries and and provided people with service-based backgrounds yeah. to start their own businesses really inexpensively yeah. and usually have a better work-life balance and usually make more than they were as a full-time employee. Absolutely. Love it. I'm, I'm very curious on the process of letting go and uh, maybe the trust, right? Because like <laughs> you're handing certain tasks uh, you know, that you want done and you probably want them done in a certain way. And sure, obviously, I'm guessing during the training process, you are checking, kind of like doing some quality control if you want to put it that way. But then after that, after you let them go, how do you assure is being done right? How, how do you measure also the capacity, right? On like how much time are they spending in certain tasks and can they potentially help with other tasks as well, right? Like, how, how does it matter? Well, with our with our with our service, um, it's more like just go because it's a flat retainer rate, and we don't charge by the hour. Yeah, we manage resources behind the scenes or or track resources. So, I try to tell our clients just go, and we'll let you know if if we're stretching. We're, yeah, if that's an issue, the more you know. Fonzie, I get the sense that you are a details guy, that you are oh boy, you have a no little idea. bit of type A personality, and maybe that I want it done my way all the time. I'm just getting that, I'm just hey, getting hey, that sense get, a little a, bit. You're getting a, a good vibe in there, let me tell you. <laughs> right. And so, and that is that you are the typical entrepreneur, business owner, uh, leader, someone who's type A, who's a micromanager, and it's gotten them so far that why change and what we find is that if an assistant can build that no like and trust relationship with someone like yourself and they do that by and i'm going to use a baseball analogy here but just consistently hitting singles getting on base with singles and the more and more they do that the trust builds and builds and builds and um you know then you're going to throw them something and they're going to hit a double. And then they're going to call you up and say, do you realize we've got an issue three weeks out when you're triple booked and you're going to be here, there, and the other way? And then you're like, I didn't. I didn't see that. I didn't know. And um, and then you're going to, instead of being a micromanager, you're going to be, you're going to dip your toe into the water of delegation and you're going to like how warm the water feels. <laughs> and then you're going to jump in. And again, it's all based on that partnership. And yeah. something that Jeff Bezos has said uh, that, that speaks to this is that there are two kinds of decisions. There's a one-way door decision mm -hmm. and there are two-way door decisions. Most of the things that you're handing to your assistant are things that can be done in multiple ways, that can be undone if needed, and are two-way two door decisions. And if, if you're leaning into your assistant on those kind of things, you are going to feel that you're getting more time back, that you are focusing on the one-way door decisions yeah. that are bigger, 
that you can't turn back from and that can have profound effects on your business. So thinking about it in that way, understanding that it's a process and that it takes time um, is all part of it. Yeah. You know, yeah, 100%. I love um, it. Dip yeah, the toe, Fonzie. Dip yeah, the you, toe. You got some, uh, <laughs> you definitely caught the vibes, that's for sure. <laughs> so, um, even as we're about, we have two, two questions, right? Um, one is, is there a crazy story along your career that you're like, oh my gosh, like this was the craziest experience I've had with, you know, maybe uh, a CEO, somebody that you helped? No names needed. Be like, <laughs> And uh, and then uh, after that, if you tell me yes or no, then I'll go to the last question. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah. Uh, I am going to name drop. Uh, <laughs> I, early in my career in New York City, uh, I was personal assistant to Nastasia Kinski for four weeks as she was shooting a movie in New York City. Uh, we were on set and I was always there she always wanted me close by and you know for any you know communication with her sister or yeah. her her you know her team or if she needed something and um she was in all of the scenes with warren baby and so warren was on set as well and i'd be standing two feet from Warren and for the first four days he never paid me the time of day it was like I did not even exist <laughs> but over those four days he noticed how I was consistent with my support with Nastasia how she responded to me and appreciated what I was doing and on that fifth day I was standing there and he was sitting down and we were in between takes and he said hey Ethan do you mind get me a Diet Coke I said sure Warren no problem so that kind of started a dance that continued on for the next few days of shooting um, where I would get him a Diet Coke. I'd relay some information to his assistant. I would ask the assistant director how much time we had to get that information back to Warren. And so he was he kind of leaned into that support. Um, and, you know, at the end of shooting, the last day that, that Nastasia was in town before she flew out, she had these two huge bouquets of flowers in her trailer that she wanted to take to the hotel. She was staying in the same hotel as Warren, and um, I'm carrying these two huge bouquet of flowers, and I go up, and Nastasia and Warren are about to get into the, to the limousine, and she's like, oh, Ethan, can you jump in a cab and bring those flowers to the hotel? And I said, sure, no problem. And, and Warren looks at me and looks at Nastasia and says, Ethan, just get in the car. Just get in the car. <laughs> so um, I spent 20 minutes in crosstown traffic in Manhattan sitting next to Warren Beatty as he asked me questions about who I was, what I was doing, what my plans were, where I went to college, where I grew up. And um, it just reinforces the idea that if you're consistent and you have a strong work ethic, people are going to notice yeah, yeah. and people are going to lean into that. And, and providing a sense of service that rises to the level of hospitality um, can really work in so many different ways. Yeah, That's that is a, so good. That's such a, a cool story. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I, I, I noticed you put that on the, on the form a little bit of that and, and I had to look up who Warren Beatty is. Uh, and for those that <laughs> might not know, he's actually like a superstar. He's actually, I think, 
maybe i don't know if that has changed but to this point he's the only person that has won i don't know if it was like an oscar on a movie that he uh directed produced and act like something like that he wrote it as well like something crazy he's yeah. been like I the think, only person that i think has everybody knows who he is except us that we're foreign so we're <laughs> like you know we're, we just like super you just watch superhero movies that's all uh Ethan, this has been so amazing. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on and sharing, you know, your your wisdom and your kindness and your company and your secrets, everything. Um, last question. Oh yeah, I was gonna say you forgot the last question. No, no, no never, <laughs> never forget the last question. Where will you be if you did not publish? Meaning, you know, your book, putting your message out there. Where will you be? I don't think we'd have a business. I honestly don't. I I don't. Um if people don't know about you and if people aren't feeling that you're genuine and that you're authentic, uh, which is what comes through with interviews, podcasts, our book, um, conversations on the phone, um, we wouldn't have a business. And, um, you know, media and content are so key right now uh, because, frankly, there's a lot of cruft out there, a lot of um, just, you know, people looking to make a quick buck instead of uh, form long-term relationships. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you're starting out in the content game or into starting your business game or, you know, turning your service into a business, um, patience is key, consistency is key, and content plays a role in all of that. Um, so I, I, I just don't, I don't think we'd have a business. Oh, powerful. And mm -hmm. thank you. <laughs> so if you're listening, you know, as you get to this point, go ahead and publish. doesn't matter what vehicle initially, like if you haven't done it, find that vehicle that's going to allow you to be consistent long-term for us was podcasting for Ethan was a book and many other things, you know, on the podcasting and, and what he's doing with this company. So, uh, you know, for Fonzie as well. Yeah. yeah. You, you've been that's consistent. Uh, nah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe I need an EA to help me in there. Yeah, huh? yeah. I, I know. <laughs> an EA to micromanage. <laughs> no I'm kidding. <laughs> there you go. Well, then it's like you didn't learn anything, man. Nah, come on. No, <laughs> I, I think you know uh, what I see. Like I really. I will picture, th this is gonna be on my vision board where, you know, Ethan, we're ready for you, man. Here we go. Let's let's make that happen. I fully trust you, which is what I assume it happens, right? And then that person comes into your life and then you were like, these are the things that we need to get accomplished. There's like a little process here and there of learning, but at the end of the day, it's based on that trust that they're gonna perform probably, you know, better than you, right? On that thing, because they've had that experience. So that's the level of trust, you know, that, you know, I put in Ethan and his company. So I'm, I'm excited, man, that, to see next steps on that side when, whenever we're ready. And I hope everybody listening, go to the links right below, learn a little bit more. And uh, if you need that assistance and that help, go ahead and book that that call with, with Ethan. Uh, is there anything else you wanna add? No, I just uh, thank you for the time. I, I really love what you guys are doing, and um, I will get you the link of of uh, that free download, so and people could listen or download uh, the our book and um, maybe uh, get some ideas on how uh, they could incorporate some support into their world. So awesome! Just, it was a great time. I really appreciate it, guys. I know for a fact that I'll be listening. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know, soaking in the the wisdom of delegating and trusting other people with the tasks. <laughs> There's another story about Nastasia Kinski in the very introduction of that book, too, that um, helped me solidify my relationship with her. So you can listen to that, too. Awesome. Nice. I, 
Wait, sorry. I know we said we're about to head out. <laughs> Last question. Were you always like that? Were you always a person that uh, people felt comfortable kind of like trusting you and handing out maybe certain things and processes, right? And trusted you with, with the results? Or did you gain that somewhere around your life? You know, I think um, working for my dad in the family restaurant um, really solidified my work ethic and my sense of hospitality mm -hmm. and that the customer is just about always right, except when they're jerks. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I think it was really built built way back then. Awesome. Interesting, interesting. I see. I see some commonality here. I worked at a restaurant too, so you know, you know. I see everyone should work in a restaurant at some point. <laughs> true, true. Awesome. Well, that's it. That's it. I promise. Yeah. No more. Awesome, guys. With that said, thank you so much for tuning to the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite podcasting platform and on social media at Beast Bros Co. That is Ryan of Ethan here. Help you move one step closer towards your goal and live a 29-hour workday please don't forget to share this episode and 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 leave a five-star <laughs> review <laughs> bye guys take care i added an extra and in there yeah, yeah. we noticed <laughs>